Looking to recharge your prayer life this year? Jesus Listens is a new 365-day prayer devotional from Sarah Young. Available now at JesusCalling.com slash JesusListens. All the things that he does for me, I am truly thankful and grateful for. And he's given me a path to follow and a plan he has for me. And I'm following that plan and that path. So whatever comes within the, the realm of that, I'm supposed to face. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. It's been said that parenting is a lifelong job that doesn't end when your children grow up. Our guests this week know firsthand how hard it is to be a parent, and they've done the work to build the kind of relationship with their children that is returning dividends in their adulthood. And now, their kids really appreciate them as people, and the influence they've had in helping them become who they are today. Dionne Warwick is a six-time Grammy award-winning singer who raised her son, Damon, who is also a musician as a single mother. Despite her status as an international superstar, Dion made it her priority to carve out meaningful moments with her children. Andy and Sandra Stanley are preachers, authors, and parents of three. One of their greatest prayers was that their relationship with their kids would evolve into a friendship, and that as adults, they'd still appreciate their family time. Let's start by hearing from Dion and Damon. Hi, I'm Dion Warwick. I'm a recording artist. I come from a gospel singing family, my entire family, gospel singers. My mother's side of the family, her brothers and sisters, are comprised way evolved into becoming the drink card singers. Well, we decided, since we couldn't be the drinker singers, <laughs> that we could be a gospel group. It was comprised of my sister, Didi, Myrna Utley, Sylvia Shumwell, and Carol Slade, and myself. And we were called the Gospel Heirs. We entered the gospel shows Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater, and won. <laughs> so I guess we became professional gospel singers. Many years ago, I was so fortunate in that my meeting with Hal David and some of the most meaningful and inspirational and joyful words for me to sing. I don't think I've sung any better than his. It was taught. At a very, very early age, you know, be who you are. You can't be anybody else. And I didn't want to be anybody else other than me. So I had no reason to be anybody other than who I am. Growing up, mom never missed a softball game, never missed a tennis game. Was always there at the end of me and my brother getting in trouble, meaning that she was always right there to catch us. And she, you know, she raised us by saying, i never forget, she sat us down. Once we both were of age to kind of figure out what was going on, you know, and she said, you know, you might see me on TV, you might see me on stage under these lights, and people might go a little goo over me, you know, but I'm your mommy, and I'll always be your mommy. So that's just what it's always been. She was preparing me to be able to kind of step into this arena and be able to handle it. But one thing I was not aware that their interest was going to fall into my category of music. 
my whole sense of, of their well-being is basically whatever makes them happy. It could have been mechanics for all that matters, as long as it made them happy. So it's exciting that they chose music. Thrilled about it, and, and the, the reward has been it has success in it. She's just been that way and has been the greatest source of, you know, she's like our sounding board, you know? So that's kind of how both me and my brother look to mom. We call her every day with everything. One of the greatest lessons or things that I've learned is just like truly be who I am. And sometimes I know it might drive mom a little crazy, but it's part of the lesson that I learned to be who I am and to stay true to who I am. And I've done that through every walk as part of growing up. You go through a lot of ebbs and flows, but I think as long as you're true to yourself, it's all good. I've been, you know, as you probably know, mingling a little bit in the country music scene, you know, with Mr. Mr. Billy Ray Cyrus. And, you know, it's funny, Dolly to me, even though mom hasn't met her yet, I've always called her Auntie D. And it's funny because everybody calls my mom Auntie. And she's been Auntie Dolly to me for quite some time now. Being able to work with legends like her, mom truly has prepared me for. For me to step in again and get in that ring and, and be, become producer. You know, like mom always says, she's allowed me to really grow and be a producer. And, and the only difference is I call her mommy. And, and then on this song, it's mommy and Auntie Dolly. So it's like, you know, lots of fun. It's amazing. When I heard the song and sent it to Damon, beautifully written, beautiful words to sing, I'm truly honored that she asked me to be part of it. And may I be a great reflection of the things that's right and good. The lyrics are like bringing church on the road. That's how I feel. Everywhere we've been, or we will be traveling, starting with here in Nashville, hearing those the, the great lyric of Dolly Parton, hearing the great lyric of other writers that are a part of this project. It's like truly, when you say bringing the gospel, that's what we're doing. But I want to also add that it's something that's magical. I miss gospel very, very much. I really do. I miss church. I'm on the road so much. It's very difficult to get to church. I was also taught that church is here. Yes. It's not a building. So, but missing congregation, as in missing the word every now and then being given to you, is something I do miss. But being able to sing gospel again and sing with some people that I call friends who are also within the gospel realm of music is very exciting for me. Very. I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to do it again. You know, all the things that he does for me, I am truly thankful and grateful for. And he's given me a path to follow and a plan he has for me. <laughs> 
and I'm following that plan and that path. So whatever comes within the, the realm of that, I'm supposed to face. I had no problem with that. Damon and Dion close their time with us by reading a prayer from Jesus Listens for June 14th. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. This means that you knew me and loved me before time began. Yet, for years, I swam around in a sea of meaninglessness, searching for love, hoping for hope all that time. You were pursuing me, ready to embrace me in your compassion. You sang me a love song whose beginning and end are veiled in eternity. You infused meaning into my mind and harmony into my heart. I want to join. You in singing your song, please use my voice in whatever way you will, as you call people out of darkness into your marvelous light, in your brilliant name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Check out Dion and Dolly Parton's single, Peace Like a River, as well as Dion and Damon's new song, I Kneel, releasing on Mother's Day. Stay with us to hear from Andy and Sandra Stanley after a brief message. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for our special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. Our next guests are Pastor Andy Stanley, founder of North Point Ministries, and his wife, Sandra. Andy and Sandra are no strangers when it comes to the joys and challenges of parenting, having raised three children of their own and fostering many more since 2010. They share what they've built with their now adult children over time and how they got through what they see as the four stages of parenting. So we've got three kids. Andrew is 30 and he's married to Anna. Garrett is 28, and he's married to Danielle. And then Allie, our daughter, is 27, and she's married to Clay. And they have a two-month-old, our first grandbaby. So that's kind of what our family looks like. We've been foster parents for about 12 years, some kids in and out. And right now we are empty nesters and enjoying this season. 
One of the things that we realize, one of the advantages to living in this time that we're living in is there's so many tools for being a student of your kids. So, you know, we've got Enneagram, we've got temperament testing, we've got love languages, so many different ways that we can be a student of our kids. And one of the things we learn, all three of our kids, to have come from the same gene pool, they are so different from each other. And as it relates to just having conversations, whether they're hard conversations that you need to have or whether they're just those connecting conversations, we found that each of our kids were totally, completely different. We needed to use different approaches. The other thing I would add to that is one of the things that Sandra was great at is we ate dinner together, you know, six, right. seven nights Certainly a week. Certainly when they were young, it yeah, was most at, nights. At home, around the table. And what happened is because that was the pattern, when they hit middle school, we continued to do that. When they hit high school, we continued to do that three or four nights a week, even though they were busy with other things. But having established that pattern when they were young and they had no choice and continuing that pattern, we learn more probably in the middle school and high school years during dinner at home, because the point of dinner with middle school and high school kids is not eating. The point of dinner is conversation. One of the things we always tell parents is, do not make dinner time a time of correction and don't make dinner time a time of potentially offensive questions. Don't correct. Just listen. Ask questions. Listen, 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 listen. And one of the things, again, we saw parents do in the middle school and high school years was try to make every moment a teachable moment. But the problem is they don't want to be taught and they no. certainly don't want to be taught at dinner. We made dinner time an information flow zone. There were no bad ideas. There were no wrong attitudes. We'd pray with our kids at night when they were young, but we continued to pray with them through every season of life. And when we ask our kids, hey, what were the things that we did that helped instill spiritual values in you? And one of the four or five things they said made a big difference is that we continued to have family prayer, even through middle school and high school years, even when it wasn't their favorite thing. And it really did add to their relationship with each other. They were yeah. praying for each other, all of that, that added to that, them choosing each other. Yeah. But we decided early on the win was a relational win that we wanted kids who wanted to be with each other and with us when they no longer had to be. That dictated how we disciplined, it dictated the rules that we established, it dictated our schedule, our priorities, everything. We really parented to that one win. And now on the other side of that process, we just think that's something every parent is going to want. And so we wanted to lay out the strategy that we use to accomplish that. And the reason we want a healthy adult relationship with our children is because we want to continue to have influence in the lives of our children once they're adults. And a parent should never give up influence unnecessarily. And relationship is influence. We are very hesitant to allow someone we don't have a relationship with to influence us personally. And we definitely don't let people we have a bad relationship with influence us. So maintaining strong relationship along the way is huge and so that's why I think parents intuitively know that and they want to get it right. We've been in small groups with other adults, our whole marriage, really. And so in those seasons of parenting, we read all the parenting books. We did all the things. And one of the things that stood out to us that we learned was the four stages of parenting. 
And those four stages of parenting are simply, the first one is the discipline years. It's kind of when they're zero to five years old. And these are the years where we're teaching our kids that there are consequences for their actions and for their good and for their safety. We just kind of need them to obey. And in this season, consistency is the key. And we disciplined our kids in this season, according to three words that started with a D. We knew these were big deals if if they were disobedient, dishonest, or disrespectful. The training years were 5 to 12, and that was a little bit different. These are the years where we were putting the why behind the what, and they're starting to be able to reason a little bit so we could reason with them, and we're explaining while we're training with them. And then the coaching years are 12 to 18, so we're standing on the sidelines a little bit more. We're kind of coaching them while they're learning to make maybe some, you know, independent decisions more and more, and like a coach, there are times that we sort of yank them off the field to make some adjustments, but mostly we're letting them explain, you know, experience the natural consequences of their actions. And for parents during this coaching season, this is a season where we're focusing on connection over correction. We really want to focus on connecting with our kids so that when they do hit those walls or come to something hard, they want to turn to us. And then 18 on, these are the years where we are and, you know, just being friends with our kids at this season is super fun. One of the things I realized not too long ago is that if we didn't know our kids and we met them, we would want to be friends with them. And that seems like a, a, a huge win. Yeah. One of the advantages we had, we worked with high school students for 10 years together when I worked for my dad in high school ministry. And we saw lots of different parenting models and different approaches. One of the mistakes we saw parents make, and this was before we had kids, but it was kind of a heads up for us, is they tried to become friends with their kids too early. A healthy adult relationship with your children is a reward of following through on these three stages. So we decided to try to stay in our parenting seat as long as we needed to through those three stages. And now we're, you know, we're enjoying a healthy adult relationship with our kids. It's really fun where we are now. Our parenting goal with our kids was to end up with kids who wanted to be with us and with each other when they no longer had to be. So when we think about success as it relates to having parented them, getting to this season of life with kids who we have the joy of watching choose each other and choose us when there's opportunity, there's nothing like that. So for us, watching them succeed in their careers, watching them have relationships with their Heavenly Father that that we had hoped for is all so good, but we are also so thrilled and just enjoying watching them choose each other and and choose us even and want to be together now that they don't have to be anymore. And that was a very intentional goal for us, primarily because of what I saw in Sanders' family when we were dating, but there were five of them, and they loved being together. And they loved being together so much that it stood out to me. And when we were married and had Andrew, I said, that's what I want. I think that's what we should parent toward. And of course, she was like, what do you mean? Isn't that what every family is like? I assumed it. (laughs) I'm like, no, what your family has is very unusual. It's very healthy. And I would love for us to parent and move in that direction. And again, we did. And now we're on the other side of that and feel like this is something we wanted to share with other parents. Sandra closes our time together by reading a prayer from Jesus Listens, February 22nd. Dear Jesus, thank you for leading me step by step through my life. I ask you to guide me through this day as I hold your hand in childlike dependence. My future looks uncertain and feels flimsy, even precarious. I know I need to walk by faith, not by sight. 
believing that you will open up the way before me. Every time I affirm my trust in you, it's as if I put a coin into your faith treasury. In this way, I prepare for days of trouble. I'm thankful that you keep safely in your heart all the trust I invest in you with interest compounded continuously. I've seen that the more I endeavor to trust you, the more you empower me to do so. In your faithful name, amen. To learn more about Andy and Sandra Stanley, check out their new book, Parenting, Getting It Right, at your favorite retailer. If you'd like to hear more stories about navigating family relationships, check out our interview with Reba McIntyre and her sisters, Susie and Alice. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we'll hear from Duke Divinity School faculty member, Curtis Chang, who breaks down the root of many people's anxiety and offers hope in overcoming anxiousness. To be human, to be a creature, means we are ever always vulnerable to future loss, which means we are ever vulnerable to anxiety. And that if we try to structure our lives or come up with coping mechanisms, like the one I did when I was eight years old, waiting for my mom and my parents to come home, these coping mechanisms will never succeed in making anxiety go away, in solving the anxiety problem, because we're always going to be vulnerable to loss. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com Jesus Calling Book on Facebook and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.